0: When Ben told me a couple of weeks ago that I was going to preach on the parable of the lost sheep, I thought I knew straight away what I was going to say. I thought I was going to start out with pointing out how bold Jesus is in attributing human features to God and human feelings. And in this case, almost irrational feelings. Modern psychologists know very well that humans are often led into making very unwise decisions because we place different values on assets that we might gain compared to assets that we might lose. We tend to place a higher value on things that are ours. For example, it would be quite normal, quite human, to spend much more time looking for a lost coin than it would have taken to earn that coin or more in the first place. Because we don't see things as simply a monetary value. It irritates us that that coin is lost, not because it has an intrinsic value necessarily, but because it's ours. We don't like losing things that are ours. Even if the thing is readily replaceable, we will still look for something that we have lost. So I thought my sermon would focus on that, about that is how God loves us, every one of us. So much so that God has an almost irrational degree of attachment to you and to me. It doesn't just offend God if we go astray. He feels it as a real loss. It's almost as if God is irritated into action when we sin. And when we come back, he rejoices. And that's what I thought the message of the passage would be. God loves you. He loves you personally. You aren't replaceable to him. You aren't just one of the crowd. Your personal needs, your personal salvation matter deeply to God. So that was my outline. And then, because I was doing things backwards, I actually read the passage. And while I'm still convinced that everything I've just said is true, and that it's important and that we should know it, I realise that that isn't actually why Jesus told this story. He didn't tell it to a lost, insecure, guilty believer to convince them that God cares for them. He didn't tell it to the one sheep. He told it to the 99. He told it to people who were devout, who were faithful, who were rigorously obedient and greatly respected, the Pharisees and the scribes. And he didn't tell it to comfort them. He told it to rebuke them, to refute their criticisms, and to challenge their self-assurance. He told this parable to show where they were going wrong. Why? Because they had just complained at him and about him. They'd criticised him. They were judging implicitly that he could not be from God because he spent time with tax collectors and sinners. And I think I should make clear that, in my view, in in context, sinner here doesn't mean sinners in the rather sanitized sense in which we say we are all sinners. Because the Pharisees knew that they were sinners in that sense. For all their self-assurance, they didn't claim to be sinless. Sinners here means notorious sinners not people who slip up but people who live bad choices the list of tax collectors and sinners in the modern age would be things like the sort of confidence tricksters that prey off the elderly the sort of people who would work their way into somebody's home and try and swindle them out of their life savings at the end of their life. Somebody who is that devoid of human sense or feeling would be the equivalent of a tax collector who was doing pretty much the same thing but with the sanction of the Roman government. Sinners here would include the grossly, flagrantly, wickedly immoral. If it doesn't shock you that Jesus ate with tax collectors and sinners, in this sense, either you are a very good and very gracious person, or you are not thinking wickedly enough. The equivalent would be Jesus taking the time to spend with registered sex offenders or other criminals that we see as completely beyond the pale. People who are brutal, vicious, unpleasant, cruel. People that we would see others as being tainted by association with. Those are the people that Jesus associated with and was criticised for associating with. And while I don't think that's the only way of being lost I think that is primarily the meaning of lostness when it comes to the lost sheep. People can be lost from God simply because they've never heard him proclaimed sympathetically never had a real opportunity to accept or believe in him. People can be lost from God by being hurt or mistreated. People can be lost from God because they suffer through illness or poverty or depression. But the Pharisees wouldn't have complained about Jesus associating with and caring for those lost sheep. They might even have commended him for it. They criticise him for associating with the moral dregs of society for people that they thought they had the right to despise. So that's the central message of the parable. It's not told to you as a lost sheep. It's told to you as a member of God's flock in a moment where you never thought of straying. Certainly not straying as much as that greedy, selfish, nasty person that you are currently judging. The message isn't God loves you, true though that is. The message is God loves the people whom you feel entitled to hate. God really loves them. He misses them. It irritates God to see what a mess they're making of their lives. But it doesn't irritate him into anger, but into action help them to come back. Notice something else about the passage. Jesus presents the shepherd looking for the sheep as being the analogous figure to himself to make his point. But the parable is only true, only makes sense, if the shepherd is the owner of the sheep. A hired shepherd wouldn't feel the loss of one sheep as personally. Jesus expands on that theme greatly in uh, the 10th chapter of the Gospel of John. Because when you are looking after a 100 sheep, some rate of attrition is expected. Sheep fall ill. They wander off. They get taken by robbers. They fall prey to beasts. They die due to injuries. A hired man who returned 99 sheep out of 100 at the end of a season would be an excellent shepherd. He would be greatly in demand for his care and his attention. He wouldn't feel the loss of just one. He would come back and say, here are the 99 sheep that made it through this year. It's the owner himself, the owner who cares past the point of reason, who feels the loss of one sheep. And when Jesus defends his own action by using this parable, he is claiming not just to be the steward of God's flock, but the owner of it, the one who is personally hurt, personally diminished, when the worst and least valued of the sheep goes missing. So is it any wonder that the Pharisees didn't understand the depth of Jesus' goodness? They were judging him as we would a moral teacher. Somebody who should be concerned about purity and holiness someone who should guard his own personal standards, lest he fall into corruption. But Jesus never limited himself to just being a teacher. He is much more deeply concerned for our welfare than that. Which of the two messages that I've set out do you find hardest to hear? Some Christians find it hard to accept that God can love them as much as the church claims that he does. They can't see themselves as worthy or deserving of such love. They fear God's rejection. And to them, they need to hear the message of comfort that God cares for them. But some Christians find it harder to accept that God seems to be more concerned for people who are, morally speaking, far beneath them. Or perhaps hard to accept that God can love the people who have hurt us badly. Whichever group you're in, this parable is a challenge to you. It should tell you that sin matters that sin takes us away from God's guidance, from the place God has for us, from God's plans. It makes us as vulnerable as a single sheep out alone in the wild. But it also tells us that sin does not and cannot remove us from God's concern. Indeed, our sin almost forces God's love into action. The parable should tell us that all humanity is God's flock, that the loss of a single person diminishes that flock and that God does not write off even the most wayward of us. And by wayward, I mean abominably wicked. And therefore we cannot either. There is no one in the world so evil that we are entitled to despise them or to cease to wish and pray for their salvation. And it should tell us that Jesus is the owner of the sheep, that is, that Jesus is God. God in action as a human being. The literal personification of God's love and compassion. And I want to finish with an illustration of what that might mean in practice in the words of Paul from the Epistle, where he writes, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. And whenever I hear that reading, I think of a time when I was at a church service in the Orthodox Church. And as part of the liturgy in that service, everyone prayed these words. I believe, O Lord, and I confess that thou art truly the Christ, the Son of the living God, who came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the chief. And it puzzled me at the time how a whole congregation could pray that. They couldn't all be the worst. And all of them were probably guilty of truly vile sins of abuse or violence or cruelty. So after the service, I asked an Orthodox lady whose wisdom I respected why they prayed that, what it meant. And she said, Yes, she saw my point. Other people have done more harmful, even more wrong things than I've done. But I can't see their hearts. She said to me, I don't know what temptations, what excuses they might have. I don't know what pressures they were under. But when it comes to me, I know that I've sinned without excuse. And that's why I can truthfully confess that I am the chief of sinners. And I think to pray this with full consciousness of our sin, but with complete trust in Jesus' will to save, is the right way to see ourselves as part of God's flock it is the right way to relate to our fellow sheep and to our perfect shepherd. And so I would like to close this sermon with those words as a prayer. I believe, O Lord, and I confess that Thou art truly the Christ, the Son of the living God, who came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the chief. Amen.